What up, Fight Fans? Bay Area Combat Podcast. We are back, and we got a super dope one, dude. We got Team Salguera in the building. We're in the Suncoast Awning Studio. Suncoast Awning for all of your shade needs, guys. We have a shop in Santa Cruz, a shop in Martinez. Uh, get shaded, man. Get shaded. Sergio Salguera, man. How are you doing today, Coach? Doing good, man. Just excited to be here, having a conversation with you guys, having a good time. So stoked that you're able to come. Um, although the Bay Area Combat Show, we haven't really been able to put out any any uh, any fights. Um, you guys have been you guys have been active, huh? Yeah, we we stayed active. We had uh, before the pandemic, we 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 had like four or five, six of our guys fight in that last uh, Bay Area Combat Show that you guys had. Okay. And uh, so we had six fighters there. The very last time was some San Francisco Combat. We had four fighters there, so actually five fighters. So our team stays pretty active. If there's a show in the Bay Area, like there's four or five of us fighting in it, so yeah. it stays busy. Yeah, you guys are dope. Your team is raw. Um, so, so you know, COVID it, 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 it put a hit on a lot of gyms out here. How how were you guys able to navigate uh, uh, through COVID, and how how has that been for you? It's been good. It was it was kind of scary at first. We like uh, my daughter runs the gym. Like she's the one that makes like most of the calls like the financial decisions and stuff like that. And she was like really scared, like, oh, dad, like, we're going to get fined. And I was like, you know what? If we don't open our doors, we won't have a gym to come back to. Like I can't yeah. afford to like pay $16,000 out of my pocket because the, they decided to close this whole state now. So we opened, like we just kept it open. And mm -hmm. um, we had the health department came in a couple of times and they were like, hey, we close at five. So if you open a 501, that, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm off. And it's against the law for me to like enforce it once I'm off. Yeah. Um, the police department came a couple times. They were like, as long as you guys are, nobody complains, I'm, I'm good. Like you guys are keeping the kids off the streets and um, just do what you do. So I, I didn't really have any fines or anything crazy happen. Like we had a couple people drop in and just kind of check in on us. And that was that. It wasn't nothing crazy. We stayed open though. Like we, 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 um, we closed for like, uh, what, three weeks? Uh, but we, we reopened because we just couldn't afford it. Like we did the math and my gym is a mom and pop gym. Like it, it's me and my wife and who finances. So we can't afford to like just sit out an entire year. So No, of course you can't. Of course you can't. I'm glad you guys were able to put it together. And, and it's really special that you were. Explain to me a little bit about, you know, you, uh, you have a very special population that you work with. You know, uh, you work with everybody, but how much, how much of an outlet is martial arts for the, for the guys that you, that you train and work with? My community is, is very uh, diverse, man. Like uh, ENIAC used to be like a very small, quiet town. Like uh, uh, my community now is very diverse. Like my team is very, very diverse. Different, uh, we're all from different parts of the world. You know, Nicaraguense kids, there's a lot of uh, mixed kids. That we don't look at things, you know, we look at mm -hmm. our, our family. Like once you're in our team, you're our family and that's your family forever unless, you know, something goes really wrong. But for the most part, like we look at our team for family. Our, our area is the tough area. It's, it's real tough. It's a lot of crime, a lot of shootings, a lot of criminal activity being, you know, portrayed. We're trying to put ENIAC on a map for uh, something different from like a positive, you know, like, um, from the fighting standpoint anyways, you know, like keeping the kids off the streets. Like that's kind of like helped me out a lot growing up. So that's what I, I keep my, my sons and, and my loved ones in that gym. Like, cause I feel like that's like a safe, like a safe haven for all the kids. So. Of course it is. Of course it is. Tell us a little bit about your martial art experience growing up and why you've built that community for the kids. I grew up at the Team Tsutsui, the one and only George Tsutsui is my head coach, my only head coach. It's like a father figure to me. Like uh, that's the guy that I go to for everything. So, um, just I just grew up with that mentality, with the Team Tetsuya mentality. You know, never give up, no matter what you do in life. Never give up. Um, so, 
that's what I'm going to take to the grave. And um, he always used to keep the gym open. And back in the days, this is so weird, his gym is literally exactly like this. We used to have a mat like that, okay. and it was small. And we used to have 10 people like lined up this way, and we spar. No headgear, and up mouthpieces were optional. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and uh, we, we, we used to go like just rounds. And that, back in those days, the team was loaded. I mean, Kaylee Scott was there, Charles. Uh, Julian, uh, Brandon Banda, we had a really, damn Black, we had a really good team. Uh, so we were able to develop a lot of good fighters. And from those fighters, we developed a lot of good coaches. So I came from that coaching tree, from the Team Tutsui coaching tree. Like, everything I know in boxing, MMA, I learned from George. Like, there's not one thing that I know about any martial arts that didn't come from him. Like, I'll have conversations with him just randomly. Just be like, hey, my two sons are fighting. I just, wanna, I just want your blessing. I just want to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Cause like he's just that calm, like, cause when I used to fight, like his voice would calm me down. So, yeah. like when my boys fight, I feel like I'm about to fight. So I'm like wired and I'm like amped up. I can't sleep type stuff. So if I hear his voice, I'm like, <sighs> yeah, just decompress, you know. So it's cool. That's that's how I grew up. That's that's my history. Like I come from the Team Tutsui, uh coaching lineage and fighting lineage. So I'm very proud of that. As you should be, as you should be. And it resonates in, uh, in the coaching that you do as well, you know, and your athletes. So we actually brought in uh, four of your athletes today. We're going to interview them a little bit as well. Uh, uh, inter- uh, introduce them first. We're going to introduce them when we bring them on. But who did you bring, who'd you bring with you today, Coach? Uh, I brought my t- two team captains, uh, Julian Bridges, uh, who's the, who uh, does all the boxing for, for our team. Um, uh, Rogelio Luna, we, we uh, lovingly know him as Rowdy. Uh, Alec Alcovera and... Uh, and Isaiah Chapman, uh, MMA fighters. They, they have fights coming up. All those three guys have fights coming up in Florida for the UFG. Uh, Rowdy's fighting for their 155-pound uh, t- uh, uh, title. Um, so we're excited getting them ready for that. So we, we brought a good crowd. We're missing, like, a lot of the camera chat guys. Yeah, yeah. We're missing, like, the day ones. <laughs> yeah. Jamari was like, if, if he's not mandatory and I, I don't have to be there, I don't want to go. But he's been on this podcast before with Jim, which is kind of weird. Okay, dope. And then yeah. Will was like, uh, is it mandatory? I was like, nope. My brother ain't going to be there? Nope. All right, well, I don't want to go. And so yeah. we, Julian had to uh, pull double duty, so... Yeah, dude, we're hoping to get Jim too. Uh, uh, Jim's the man. We love Jim on here. You so you guys so Jim's been training with you guys, huh? Yeah, he comes like he was training with us like every day for like three or four months. That's when his weight loss was like mm-hmm. he was really actively like just focused on lo- losing weight and getting ready for his fight with um, who's he supposed to fight? Uh, uh, Dale Stair, Dale Shirley, the referee. David Shirley. David yeah, Shirley. Yeah, yeah, that's right. David Shirley. So he was getting ready for that. Just wanted to. Uh, so we was getting him ready. He was looking good, and then the pandemic kind of like really, really scared him off because he was like, my mom's a little bit older and I don't want to like get sick. And I was like, I, I get you. And, um, but he's, he's starting to come back and oh, yeah. I, I'm going to hit him up. I'm going I'm I'm to talk to him after this because I didn't know that, I didn't know what the, the background of it was. I was like, Daniel said he needed your ass, man. We what need him, like, dude. We need hell? Jim. Well, he's the man, dude. If we have Jim, everything flows better with Jim, man. He does our show. He does the Bay Area Combat Show, Jim Cooley. Uh, uh, y'all can check him, man. Come check out the show. It's going to be dope. We're hoping to get our show going again uh, uh, ASAP. Things are slightly opening back up here in, in California, but it, it is very challenging. Um, how are you able to find these out-of-state uh, fights for your guys? Are you the manager for the team there, or how do you do that? Yeah, I, mean, I, I pull like... Uh, Every duty there is at the team. I'm the head coach, and I do the boxing, the Muay Thai, and the MMA, everything, and I'm the manager as well. So, like, I get, like, I got connections. So, like, my, my friend Gio had his son fighting in Florida. So I was like, hey, man, I got, I got this 
I got a bunch of fighters that are ready to fight. Like we've been to training camp after training camp, and uh, what's 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 going on with this promoter? And he was like, uh, Yeah, let me give you his number. And he gave me his number. I called him. He's like, Yeah, I got I got fights for your guys right now. And, and I was like, uh, Well, it, what, we it just kind of fell into yeah. place really really fast. Like we were able to match them up really really quick. Uh, and Gio comes to the same thing. Is for me is like we, I keep my community real close. Like Gio comes from the damn black. Uh, coaching tree. He he's a coach now, but he used to fight for Dan Black, and Dan Black used to be my teammate. So like, it just I just yeah. If you come well from connected. that, yeah, we're connected with the with the Team Tsui people. Uh, I just kind of work with my 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 circle of trust people, you know. So you're you're homegrown uh, on the team that you were on, you know, and uh, and and obviously that 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 shows a lot of value. It resonates well with you. How is it? How important is it? For you guys, to, uh, uh, for your, your athletes to stay homegrown within uh, Team Salguera? That's the only thing we know. Like, uh, I, would, I was talking to you offline earlier. Like, I don't understand this, like, cross-training. Like, I don't understand it. Like, every, oh, I'm going to go here for this, and I'm going to go here for that. I'm going to go here for that. I'm going to go here for that. But our team is, like, we don't enforce it by, like, there's a rule, and if you do this, it's not a rule. It's, like, unwritten rule. Like, you'll have to come talk to Ravi about it, and you'll have to come to talk to Julian about it. But we don't, we don't enforce it by, like, it's a... Unwritten rule, like there's no cross training, like there's no. I don't, I don't understand that. Like that's like a new generation thing. Like when I grew up, it was like it was Team Tsui and that was it. Yeah. So there's no like I'm gonna go a Team USA, a World Team USA on Wednesday, then I'm gonna go to Fairtex on Thursday, and then I'm gonna go to AKA on Wednesday. What the hell is that? Like I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand because we're gonna fight AKA, we're gonna fight World Team USA, and they're we're gonna, we're gonna fight all these teams. Yeah. And now. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I never get it. I was asking you about it. It must be a generational thing because I kind of see it now, like people cornering four different teams. Like, I don't what the hell is that? I don't, I don't get that. So It's some new age shit, man. Yeah, it's got to be. I don't fucking like it. I see people that they, they, won't, they won't fight a guy because they met him one time and he was a cool guy. So I don't, yeah. don't want to fight him because I met him once. It, it, he was cool. Yeah. Now, fuck who? I don't fucking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Motherfucker's a fighter, bro. I, you know, I like this. Uh, uh, Team Diaz out there in Stockton. I was supposed to fight Nick Maximoff. And I'm homies with Antonio Jimenez. You, you know Antonio? Mm -hmm. And, um, Very and, well. and yeah, he, he helps matchmake for shows here and there. And yeah. uh, anyway, Antonio called me and he was like, hey, dude, you might get matched with uh, Nick. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to get that. And he's like, all right, homie, well, we can't talk no more. And I was like, well, why not? He's like, because that's, that's my team, homie. And we don't get down like that. And although I was a little bit, I was like, all right, well, I was like, all right, fuck you then. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I love that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should yeah. be riding with your home, your, your teammates. You're not just going to sit there and talk, call some dude, oh, oh, you're, oh, you're about to fight my homie? Okay, cool. Yeah, I did not fuck that, bro. Yeah. Like, I know Antonio pretty well. He always used to call me up for, like, when the, before the pandemic for, like, for my guys, because he has, he, he matchmakes for a lot of people. But it, it's not to that extreme where, like, I wouldn't talk to you because you're fighting one of my guys. Like, I wouldn't, I mean, it's not like that. It's, for me, it's just like, the inner, like, there's, like, when we go to our gym, there's calls. Like, we, you have a call, right? And now this guy just came in, and now he knows all our calls. Yeah. And it actually bit me in the ass in, uh, in boxing because, um, you know, I'm not going to mention no names, but, like, um, once they find out who our guys were messed up with, that coach who we let in with love and, like, we're like, come on in, man, like, bring your kids. We'll, cry, you know, we'll spar, even though they're in the same weight class, the same age as my kids. Uh, that coach made a call to the opposing coach and told him, hey, this is the things that they do. This is what they work on. And he bit me in the ass. And so, like, I was, like, I called a couple of my friends, you know, I called uh, John Bridges. 
And I go, Wilmer, I was like, is this common in boxing? They're like, it's very common. Serge, like, and and because he wasn't common in MMA, it's not common in 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 Muay Thai. It's not it's not common where somebody goes and gives up all your calls and gives up all your like tendencies, yeah. what they like to do when they get hit, when they get rattled. And that that it's very valuable information. So you just let somebody into your gym who knows all your calls, all your tendencies, and he might be on the opposing opposition's corner, or he might be on that phone. Like, hey, Danny, you're fighting Adam, but I'm gonna tell. Adam, exactly what you like to do, when you like to do it, and you know, that gives him a huge advantage. Huge. So, so there's, for me, I don't, I don't, it's not like we're like, because I, I, Antonio had pretty boy Taylor, he was managing him or whatever, I don't know if he was training with him, and uh, he called me and was like, hey, Jamario, um, they're trying to match up your son to fight um, my guy, uh, pretty boy Taylor, and that's a bad match, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, we don't know anything about bad matches. Yeah. You put him in the cage, we'll fight him. There's no such thing as like, that's a bad matchup for you. Like, we don't fight him. Um, but he was like, but that's my guy, bro. And he never told me like, we, we, like, let's not talk. Let's not be friends. He was never mm-hmm. like that. But he was like, I'm managing Pretty Boy Taylor. And, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to build Mario up too. I'm trying to get Mario hooked up too. Um, so I'm trying to get him some easier matches or whatever. And I'm like, look, man, like, and these are my sons. Right? So I'm like, I would never like embarrass my kid and put him in a cage with a guy who's like not, like that would get knocked out in 10 seconds and we knowingly yeah. go into a case because that's embarrassing not only to me, but to that means I have no faith in him. Because my son, if you look at his uh, shirt dog record, he's fought the very best, the very best fighters in this entire country. Um, and it's a fun fact, um, every single fighter he's fought, the last four have retired after no. they fight. <laughs> so he fought um, Chris Marinelli three years ago, hasn't fought since. Mm-hmm. He fought, um, what's the guy's name? What's the guy's name from Bellator that he fought? Uh, he fought a guy at Bellator. He mm. hasn't fought since. Yeah. Uh, the only one that fought was, uh, he fought Mike Bravo. He hasn't fought since. The last fighter he's fought, they never fought after they fought Mario. So Mario is a tough, tough guy. So I'm not going to cherry pick. I'm not going to be like, let's build up a record where he's 10-0, and 0, and then we put him in a cage, and he gets beat up. He ain't, because ready, yeah. he ain't ready for that, right? Yeah. So we want to test him. Like, he's never fought nobody easy. I, I don't ever go lay. I don't, I don't ever call the promoter, hey, find me easy fight for my guys. Yeah. I go, bring them to the scale, have them make weight, we'll see them in the cage. I don't ask records. I don't ask teams, none of that. Like, make weight, 155 pounds, put them in the cage. I'm going to put my guy in the cage. That's it. Yeah. That's the attitude that I have, and that's the attitude that we got. That's the attitude that I got from George. Like, George never was like, oh, this guy's tough. Let's not fight him. Oh, this guy's from this place. Let's not fight him. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't roll like that. That's great, I, dude. I, I, like I that. was fucking, I was always taught coming up that if the guy was tough, then that's the motherfucker you want to fight. That's the one you want to fight. Oh, that fool's tough? Well, I'm fucking tougher, so I'm going to fight that fucker. You know what I'm saying? If the fool wasn't, if no one thought the dude was tough, I wasn't fighting him because I already know I'm tough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what are... What are the morals uh, uh, you really try to instill in your athletes at the gym? I know you guys train hard mentally. Uh, uh, you guys are very focused. You know, what, what do you really try to instill? Like, for the most part, like, like you say, is like, we make it clear, like, loyalty is number one. Like, loyalty to us is like, that's the way you build a foundation for everything, right? Like, like you let somebody into your house, you know, they know everything about you and we know everything about them. So, like, we have to stay loyal and we got to stay humble with each other and, like, stay grounded. And they all... The thing is, like, these guys, it, they've been around for so long, too. Like, they, it's just kind of like, it's just, how do you say it? It's like a culture. Mm-hmm. It's like a culture of accountability. Like, yeah. they do something that 
they know it's like a, a low, like something the team one doesn't live by. So they'll check each other. Like we have a kid at our team. We had a, we had a kid who was kind of like having a tough time sparring. Like he just, very talented kid, but like was kind of scared like to get in the ring and spar. And Rowdy and Julian pulled him aside, talked to him a couple times. Now he's kind of like a leader of the team. He's like Hell stretching yeah. the guys out and stuff like that. They kind of hold each other accountable. So accountability and like respect, like there's a culture here and this is what we live by and you can't break that. This is who we are. And if you do this, that'll tarnish that. So you can't do that. And these guys kind of police that themselves. Like I don't really have to discipline the fighters anymore. Like I discipline like Mario and Will for the most part because those are my two boys. But the rest of the guys, this is what it is. And they all just kind of follow Julian and Rowdy. And everybody just kind of knows, like, this is, this is the way we walk. And that's yeah. it's just a swagger. It's a walk. This is what we do. And that's just how we do and it. And it's good. The captain should, the captain should be, you know, the, the culture is set by the coach, of course. You know, yeah. but then the captain should be kind of enforcing that for the coach. The coach shouldn't have to do all the, all the yeah. little dirty work in there. You know, when I was playing football, if a guy just wasn't on the same page as the rest of the team, I would, just, I would just fuck his ass up in the locker room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it, it, I, I played a lot of football, dude, uh, all the way to uh, – I never made it to the NFL, but I played uh, uh, in college, you know, all four years. And some coaches didn't like that really so much either. That's kind of probably why I transitioned more into fighting because yeah. you actually were allowed to, to fight, to you fight, know. Yeah. But, but, dude, it's very important to have the captains, you know, kind of set the standard for the team, man. So speaking to them, we're, uh, we're bringing on Julian first. Go ahead and introduce uh, uh, Julian for me and uh, tell me a little bit about your guys' relationship. Uh, yeah, Julian Bridges, uh, he came to our team uh, about two years ago. Um, been with us two years since. And now he's, uh, he's actually dating my daughter. So oh, is he really? No way. He's kind of part of my family. So. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a good dude, boxer. He's... he's um, we were trying to get him on the Olympic team, just uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. Took him to the um, to the nationals. Uh, came up a little short there, but uh, we're ready to go professional next month. And so, professional next month, Julian. How'd you get started in uh, in fighting, man? Um, happened in elementary. I think like third or fourth grade. Um, I was at the lunch table, just having lunch, and uh, some kid came up to me, and he's like, "Oh, like." Like you took my spot in the lunch the lunch table, and uh, so he slapped me, and I told the teacher, and teacher didn't do nothing about it, and um, I didn't want to tell my parents because I was like you know kind of scared, and um, like a week went by, and then um, I told my dad, and um, first thing he did was uh, send me to Kaju Kaju Kempo, okay. uh, so I did Kaju Kempo class when I was like nine years old, nine eight somewhere around there, and then um, did Kaju Kempo for a little bit, and then my coach, like, he came up to me, he's like, I want to put you in a, in a tournament, and I, I was probably doing what, it was, it's been like two weeks of me just training, but my dad said, yeah, and I said, yeah, I was like, whatever, fuck it, let's do it, and then um, I ended up fighting twice in the tournament, I lost both times, <laughs> yeah. and um I was like, no, I want to keep on doing this. I actually like this. It was pretty fun. So um, it all started from, from getting slapped as a kid. That's like <laughs> some penitentiary lunch, lunch <laughs> yeah. shit, bro. What, what, where did you grow up at? Uh, Antioch. Uh, I was born in San Jose. And then uh, we used to move like every year. Yeah. So we used to move every year, probably till I was like seven. And then we finally settled down in Antioch. And... Uh, from Antioch, I just, uh, you know, just grew up there. Basically, my 
half my life. Yeah. So Antioch is basically my hometown. Nice, dude. You got slapped up, but then your dad is kind of, he kind of influenced you to, to pursue the martial arts. Was it you say your dad uh, kind of got you in there? He just threw me in there. He, yeah. he just threw me in there, yeah. Yeah, he was like, all right, bro, here it is. You yeah. know? Well, honestly, because so, so your coach, uh, uh, he knows his shit, right? So he can guide you down a down a, a, a different path but your but your parents they don't really know like my dad didn't know how to how to coach a fighter so when me and my brother when we wanted to fight he was just like all right here there's the guy there you go and he just, you know he just sent us over there you know so uh, i know that all dads wish they could do more you know they wish they knew everything and they could show you exactly how to fuck the dude up you yeah. know what i'm saying but but i think at the very least they're like, hey, that motherfucker will show you how to fuck someone up, you know? So, oh, my bad. I'm not trying to cuss. I'm trying not to cuss as much here on the podcast, guys. <laughs> I'm, work, I'm working on it. So, Julian, you, you, you competed pretty recently, huh? Yeah, uh, I think like two weeks ago. I uh, went to Louisiana, and it was, uh, it was pretty cool. I uh, won one fight, lost, lost the second fight. But uh, it was a pretty cool experience, you know? Like, uh, it was my first big tournament, really, so... It's pretty cool. Dude, it sounds super cool. How, how was it? How was flying over there and, and, and making weight? And how, how, was the whole, how was the whole experience? Um, making weight was easy. I was, I was seven pounds underweight. On a way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was actually going up a weight class. So, and it's hard for me to gain weight. It's hard for me to lose weight. Um, but, yeah, so weight was, wasn't an issue. I hated flying. Hey, flying. He was trying to hold my hand. He yeah. was like, nah, yeah, like, nah, yeah. I was not trying to hold your hand. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah. It's stressful, dude. Nah, yeah. Uh, I just don't like heights. I'm scared of heights. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. It ain't fun yeah. flying, bro. You no, die, bro. Know. Every time you could die. Yeah, so that's exactly. That's what I, I always think in my head. Like, once I'm up in the air, there's no going back. Like, we could just die any any second. So I always have that thought. I always freak myself out. But um, other than that, it was a pretty cool experience. Like, you know, going like across across uh, the country, yeah. you know. <laughs> Tell them about that. Talk, talk, talk a little bit about how we went literally all over the country. We had stops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we took like uh, three flights just to get to our, our destination. So we, yeah, so we had to go to Atlanta, Seattle, San Jose, and then we went back home. But uh, flights, stressful. You're a, world, you're a world traveler now, you know Yeah, basically, and I can say that I went to like all those places. When you go pro, where, where's the pro debut going to be at? It's going to be in Managua, Nicaragua. It's going to be on the May, uh, May 29th card for uh, Buffalo Promotions. That's Rosendo Alvarez promotion. He, is, uh, he used to be a, he was a world, two-time world champion. Okay. And um, he runs his own promotion in Nicaragua. Now he has literally fights every month. Okay. So he's, uh, he reached out. Julian's uh, mom's from Nicaragua. So oh, it'd be kind of cool for him to kind of go back and... Uh, Super dope, yeah. but it's also cool that you have that experience flying and in fighting now as an yeah. amateur, you know, yeah. because usually guys don't get that until they go pro. Yeah, and it's dude, once you're pro, dude, those those wins count, you know. So you don't want to be go you don't want to be fucking going through all those little weird things. Oh yeah, exactly. You got to work through those, dude. Tom, do we have a clip? This was this this was from the tournament that you were just recently in. Yeah, this clip right here. Bam! Boom! Ooh! Can we run it again? Explain that combo right there. You guys worked out in practice, coach? Or we work on guys' combos. Let him walk and let, let him do it. So, uh, I was going to go for an overhand. Uh, can you play it again? Yeah, give it to him. I was going to go for an overhand, and then I saw him. He was about to counter, so I ducked the counter, and I came up with uh, the 
overhand right and the hood. You like stayed down there and stepped the punch down there while so, you were down there too. I was I was setting up the overhand, but I saw him. He was about to throw a throw a hook. So I waited and I slipped under. Another hook. That's some good. That's some good ass vision for having that fucking headgear on. How how did that? Yeah, yeah, it is. Because yeah. that's hard, dude. It's, yeah. That's a whole another element. How yeah. how was uh how was the headgear? How how'd you how'd you deal with it? Uh, I mean, I've been fighting with the headgear like a lot, so I mean, it's, it's nothing new. Are you excited to take that shit off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. vision will be better. Yeah. yeah. Now we we worked on that combo at the gym a lot. We call it a roll. We, we expect the guy to throw over the top mm -hmm. and just roll under and come on the other side. And he clipped them really good. He put a lot of, clipped them really good, put a lot of power. That was the, the Golden Gloves champion from Texas. Was it? And uh, that was his very first fight. We were like, man, you got the very best fighter in the tournament. We get him out of the way, we're in good shape. And, uh, you know, they didn't work out that way. But that, that guy was really, really good. And for him to put him down like that was... Was tremendous. That guy must have been in great shape because you fucking clobbered him, bro. And then he just bounced off his butt cheeks like he was like he was just ready to go again. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't have got up. <laughs> I know I wouldn't have, dude. Yeah. I would have stayed on purpose. I would have been like, no, okay, yeah. we're done. Nah, you're a tough guy. I seen you. I seen you fight, man. You 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 keep on coming. I try. I try, man. I'm trying not to run in so much because I'd be getting aggressive and then I'd be like headbutting people's punches. Yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, no. I'd be like, oh shit. You're like a safety. You gotta go in there and try to put your head in, in everything, huh? I'm blow. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I hurt my neck doing that shit too. Like it's not easy on the body, man. Trying to uh, trying to just pile drill, you know, trying to tackle everybody in the MMA cage, dude. But it, it works, man. So so Julian, how how much support do you have? Your your uh, your family, they're on board. Your loved ones on board, or is uh, it is everyone's, it challenging? Everyone's on board. Uh, I was actually surprised, like the amount of people who watched the uh, fight. I wasn't expecting like literally my whole family, my family's friends, like everyone watched it, everyone called me and stuff. I was like, I was like super shocked because, you know, like I wasn't expecting all of that. And then, you know, of course my team, they always got my back. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of love and support. So I'm, I'm glad to say that, you know. Yeah, it's dope. Dude. Yeah, it, yeah. It's sick because usually dude, fight, fighting when you're younger and it's not sanctioned, it's frowned upon. Yeah. Your whole, everyone's like, you got to quit doing that. Like you're, you're blowing it. Yeah. And then... You put the gloves on, you get a good coach, you get in the ring, you're doing the exact same thing you were doing in the streets. But now everyone's like, yeah, hell yeah, dope. Exactly. <laughs> and so I fucking love fighting for that, yeah. man. Because come on, dude, we get to do the same thing, but now it's a positive outlet. It's a good feeling. Yeah, instead of a negative one. And now people yeah. are proud of you for what you're doing. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all you guys, dude, because you guys are killing it. And uh, and your coach has you in a really good place. Yeah. And, and, and he's instilled in you guys, you know, Really good uh, 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 fundamentals and just a uh, uh, foundation for integrity. Um, what's your social media? How do people follow you and shit? Um, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, underscore Julian four on five. That's my Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have no Facebook. No Facebook yet. No, uh, no Twitter. Um, Snapchat is Julian four one five six. That's that's the only social medias I have. Hey, y'all want some snap? Y'all want some some hot steamy snaps? You know, add <laughs> <laughs> Julian on add Julian on snap. He'll take care of you guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, do you have any sponsors right now, Julian? Uh, no, nah, no, 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 no. But you're but you're but you're but you're looking for some? Yeah, I'm looking for some. Yeah. Trying to get a CBD sponsorship or something? Anything. <laughs> Every, dude, everybody got a couple. Everyone has like two or three CBDs. I can't even get one CBD sponsor. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, dude, but people have like three or four of them. You got to smoke a lot more, man. You got to uh, stop smoking more. I'm not, high, I'm not high enough. They're like, you don't fit the mold. Man. Yeah, you don't get high on set as much as everybody else. <laughs> hey, Julian, anyone you want to thank? Uh, uh, anyone that, uh, that helped you get here? Um, anyone? My dad, my mom, my parents, obviously. Uh, my family, you know. Um, my team, you know, they uh, obviously... Uh, they helped me a lot. Yeah. And they brought me to where I was at, you know, kept me off the streets doing all the bad stuff. You know, they raised me right. And yeah. and your and your barber took good care of you too. Yeah, uh actually my barber, he's uh I used to box with him. No way, yeah. Yeah, he's actually my uh one of my, my friends, like for a long time. I used to box with him with the, That blend is clean as fuck, homie. He yeah, got you looking you. clean as fuck. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. dude. He got, he got a haircut for you, man. He, yeah, dude. He yeah, 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 good. Hell yeah, you look good, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks for coming on, uh, uh, Coach uh, Coach Serge. Who do you uh, who do you want to bring on next? I got Roddy. He's fighting for a belt coming up in a, next month. Okay. So I'm gonna put, uh, hey, are you hooked up? Can you hear us? Yes. Hey man. <laughs> hey, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in martial arts. All right. Uh, my name is Rogelio Luna. Uh, everybody knows me by Rowdy. Um, I got started in MMA um, probably like about last. Last year in December, I think it was December, um, I've seen Coach Sergio. I've been knowing him since a while, since I was a little kid. I tried it out when I was like, I think I was probably like 18 or 19. I probably came to his gym for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I saw the pressure he was putting on. And um, I just, uh, at that moment, you know, point in my life, I couldn't really commit to anything at that moment. I was bouncing in and out of gangs and jail and all that stuff. So, um, I didn't really have like a discipline in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until about last year, um, like I said, in December, that I came in and um, that's how I got started with, uh, with MMA, yeah. through Coach Serge. How's it been so far, man, the little journey you've been on? Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I've had a, um, well, as soon as I went in in December, <laughs> he was like, all right, uh, you want to fight? I was like, I don't know, I guess. And he was just like, yeah. all right, well, I'm going to put you on uh, against Julian. My first day was with Julian, like putting on the gloves with Julian. Yeah. And I went, I came in, I was probably weighing in at like 196, 197. And with Julian, uh, when I saw him, you know, I was just like, come on, man, they're going to have me fight Julian. I was like, give me somebody like at least my size. I'm going to mess this dude up. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Wrong. <laughs> well, I threw, I kept throwing that Julian. He was all over me, just like a little tag man. They were doing circles on me, tagging me up. And um, that was day number one. Day number two, again, I went with Julian. I was just like, oh, man, not this guy. This time I, was, I wasn't that confident to fight him. And uh, he tagged me up again. Then he broke my jaw. I literally felt like my jaw got broken. I couldn't eat for like a week. Yeah. And then uh, the third day, I fought uh, with another uh, one of our old teammates, uh, Ose. Um, he was 205, six foot four, you know, just built muscle. And I'm just like, all right, come on, let's go. And, you know, first round, you know, man, we were in two rounds. I was devastated, man. I, and then I just went home. I broke down. I was crying in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was beat up. I'm like, do I, do I really want to be a fighter? Like, is this what I want to do? Like, 
I, mean, I was at a low point in my life, man, very low point. And uh, I guess nothing like a good old butt whooping to wake you up, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I kept going. Um, coach was like, I can see you at 155. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm like 200 pounds right now. Yeah. Dude, 155, are you kidding me? He was like, yeah, I can see you. And then next thing you know, he's like, you got a fight coming up in a month. I'm like, in a month? Dude, I just barely got I got like in mid-December. And he had set me up for February 22nd with a SF Combat. And I was just like, oh, my God, dude. And I just I went ahead and did it. And I was praying a lot. <laughs> I was like, Lord, help me. And uh, sure enough, man, I, through the training, through the hard work that we do, I lost like near 50, almost to 50 pounds in like a month and a half. And then I had that first fight. And then uh, it was pretty cool, man. It, it was uh, like how you said earlier, you know, it's like uh, you go from a negative to a positive because when you're fighting in the streets, everybody's, if not your friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> your friends are high-fiving you like, hell yeah, yeah dude, you whooped his ass. But uh, everybody else is like, oh, man, you know, you shouldn't do that. But, yeah, and no, I was definitely uh, cool to hear the crowd cheering every time I was punching, dude. <laughs> yeah, bro, super dope. Coach, coach, what did what did you see in the in the in the athlete that that you knew he was ready to, to fight? This guy has like about three hundred street fights, man. This guy, <laughs> it's not fair for him to fight he, uh, amateur for one. That's O and O. This yeah. guy has a lot of experience fighting. He's a tough guy. I know him since he was a kid, so I know how tough he is, and I know the skill level that he has, and and the way we train him at our gym is hard. Like like he said, like his first three days, I was trying to break him. Like it was on purpose because I knew like. Rowdy's always been good and very talented, very gifted, but Rowdy's problem was always like commitment, right? He was always never like fully committed to it. So I was like, mm -hmm. if he's gonna be here wasting my time, I told my nephew, I was like, if he's gonna be here wasting my time, I'm not, I don't want him here because I have a bunch of people that I'm working with. Yeah. And, I, and he's gonna come here and he's gonna like just do it for a month and then leave, and that's not what I want. So I was like, I'm gonna, if he really wants it, he's gonna have to earn it. Yeah. So I put him in with the toughest guys we had on our team every day for like a cool, like that was just his first three or four days, but I kept that going for like a cool month. He would go with like he would grapple with like Jeremiah, who was literally a monster, uh, and throw him around like he and he fought out of it. And I was like, "All right, you ready for an O and O guy? Like that's no problem." Mm -hmm. And so uh, Steve Barnett was like, "Hey, I got this O and O guy from uh, Team Nobody or Nobody MMA, yeah, something yeah. like that." And I was like, "Just have him make weight. He weighs 155. Roddy will weigh 155, and we'll put him in the cage. I don't mm -hmm. really." And so we put him in. He did, you know, last day he got a W. He was. Unanimous decision. He did really good. Uh, he was able to grapple and do everything that we thought, just that we thought he, we knew he could do. Yeah. And now he gets an opportunity to fight for a belt. Uh, fight number two. Uh, okay. He, promoter called me. Was like, hey man, we got this guy that nobody wants to fight in Florida. And I was like, well, Roddy's never been afraid to fight nobody. So if you put a belt on the line, we'll fight him. If your belt is vacant, like you got to put a belt up. And, yeah. And then we'll fight him. And he was like, yeah, we put the belt up. And I was like, all right, you got to fight. And I know this guy. I know the kind of training he does, and I know the kind of person he is. I, I feel really good about about that fight. So nice. So so Rowdy, uh, the first couple of days, uh, he, he you put him in with some killers. Was uh, were you were you banging with them, Rowdy, or were these guys just banging <laughs> you up? Like were you trying to were you trying to give it back to them like hard, or was it? Well, you know, I was drinking a lot. I was smoking a lot. Um, like I said, so the first round, I think I gave a good fight. Second round, third round, that's when everything went down here. And I was throwing up. <laughs> I was just playing mainly just defense, but I just kept saying in my heart, like, I'm not going to quit, you know what I mean? Because like, I was like, I would look at the time, like, to see how much time was left. I was like, dude, barely 10 seconds in the first round, the third round, yeah. you know? second round. Yeah. So I still had the whole two minutes left to survive, and I just thought about survival, you know, just 
swing as much as I can. But most of, for the most part, I was playing defense because I was literally about to pass out. I mean, like, yeah, out of shape. I was out of shape, and uh, but yeah, you know, um, it, it was fun. Are you a uh, are you a Forty Nine er fan? I'd assume. Or? <laughs> Yeah, I'm from San Francisco, some, baby. Some gang shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah, nah, nah. I'm, I'm, I'm a San Francisco 49er fan, uh, San Francisco Giants. Um, you know, got to wrap the bag. Hey, me too, bro. Me too. That's why I'm a Niner fan, Giants. You know, I like them. I like them a lot. You know, uh, how, how, do, how do people follow you on social media? Uh, I got Instagrams called True Faith Bullies. That's the only Instagram I got, True Faith Bullies. Are you, are you, you raising uh, dogs or some shit, too? Uh, yeah, I got uh, English Bulldogs. Sick. Yeah, English Bulldogs. Dope. Uh, I, got a, I got a litter coming up. Well, praying for that litter to come up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. We've been playing for like two years for that litter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> I'm from the farm. Dogs just usually do their thing, have babies, and I'd say, he'd be like, Coach, I got to take them here, take them there. Gotta do, uh, what is it called? Insemination, uh, C-section. Kind of crazy stuff. I was like, man, I'm from the farm. You got to talk to me about differently stuff. They can't, they can't do it themselves. You got to do it for them. <laughs> you do, uh, you, yeah, yeah, because... Uh, there's two, yeah, that's how it works with those ones, huh? Yeah. How, how many puppies in a litter? Uh, they're going in between four to 12 puppies. Um, but I'm, like I said, this is going to be my first litter, so I don't even know. But like, that's my only way of social media. Through, uh, I'm not trying to like promote my dogs or anything, but no, yeah, buy some dogs, buy some dogs. That's the only social media I got is True Faith Bullies. And um, uh, of course, our team page, Team Salguera, you could contact us there too. Dope, dope. Um, uh, do you have sponsors right now? Uh, no, but I mean, I'm willing to take some. <laughs> of course. We're always willing to take some. Huh? Uh, Coach, who, uh, uh, what kind of sponsors would you want your guys to get? Do you have like an idea of like who, who you guys, you know, who you, your fighters want to represent? Or uh, Right now, like to be, to be honest with you, my, um, my brother and sisters, this last trip, my brother and sister sponsored Julian and, uh, and Will, actually. Okay. Um, so like my brother um, has uh, Salguera Transport. Uh, they they uh, they have uh, eighteen wheelers and stuff, and my and my sisters uh, Helen Transport uh, out of Richmond. They both uh, they pony up a lot of money for this trip um, for Julian and Will. They, it wasn't cheap, like uh, it was expensive. It, yeah. it ran in the it ran really high. That bill was that tab was not a cheap tab. So sure. it's family, but they're kind of like they they were my sponsors for this for this trip. Like I I I don't really like um, I'm a prideful guy, so I I have a tough time like reaching out for people and asking because people. You know, I was gonna be like, well, you know, what is this or what is that? So, if people want our sponsor, you know, want to sponsor us, I, you know, they can reach out to us. But I normally don't reach out to people for like sponsorships and stuff like that. Yeah, it's hard to reach out to people. I'm the same way, man. Yeah. And uh, but you know, it's crazy when you do when 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 I do reach out, I always get positive feedback. So I'm, I'm kind of my ego does kind of get in the way at times because I'm like I'm scared to ask. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. I'll, I'll fucking ask, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, of course, sure. How much? Like, oh, what the fuck?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm like, why the fuck did I ask this? Yeah, <laughs> so long, you know, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. When I started fighting, like, it, it's uh, it's been challenged, dude. But that's dope, dude. Do you know anything about your opponent out there, and what are you thinking you're gonna do to him? Um, my opponent in Florida. I, I, to be honest with you, uh, I've always kind of just, you know. Like it, I, I see it like a street fight, you know. You don't really know who you're gonna fight until you just start fighting the guy, and uh, you're either gonna swim or sink, right? So, yeah. um, but I feel like my, I feel like I, you know, we've been training a lot this whole year through this pandemic. It got shut down. Uh, the future fights I was supposed to have after that uh, February fight of last year, but um, you know, uh, I came in like a, as a strong stand-up 
so um, I believe my, my strong point was stand-up. Um, but like I said, we've been working for like this whole year, and um, you know, I, I feel like I'm a well-rounded fighter now, so Dope. whatever it goes. I'm yeah, ready. fuck it. So, so, so uh, I feel like you guys can't be broken mentally. Let's say it's early in the first round. This guy takes you down. He mounts you. What do you, what do, you do? <laughs> Coach, help. <laughs> Talk to him. What do I do from here, Coach? You know Actually, it's very funny because uh, I did get stuck in the mount position my first fight. And it's, it's, it's really funny because, uh, you know, we trained for all certain scenarios. Like, but, you know, we only had a month to train. Yeah. And uh, we were training for this scenario and that scenario and, you know, do this and do that. And as soon as the bell rang and we touched gloves and he kicked me, all that thing went out the window yeah, yeah, and I yeah. went to my street fight and uh, it was funny that I got stuck on a mount position, but I had him trapped. Uh, I don't know how I did it. Um, <laughs> even the commentators on that fight were like, how did he do that? <laughs> I, I was all God, man. But uh, uh, yeah, I had him so where he wasn't able to, um, to hit me or anything, but I wasn't able to get him off either. And then uh, I just started talking to him. I was like, get off me, f you want to just yeah, be on top of me and shit? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he get, opened up a little window and boom, I ended up reversing it. But uh, yeah, if I get stuck in that mount, I, I don't believe I'll be down for much. Yeah, just get up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, just work your, you work your, you work your techniques and uh, oompa, hip escape, and just get the fuck up, man. <laughs> I, uh, I get stuck in mount all the time. Dude, people always be having their way with me because I'm a long, skinny body. You know, so some yeah. of these, these grapplers will like, they'll yoke me up, dude. For, you know, but, 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 you know, I just, you know, I just try to stay calm mentally. Don't, don't I'm trying to get overwhelmed. Uh, we're always going to be in bad positions in a fight. But sometimes, but I'll be honest with you, sometimes like in, in street fights, I just fuck the dudes up. I'm never, I'm never in a bad position, <laughs> you know? And so when I f started fighting guys that could fight, I, and they put me in all kinds of weird positions, and I was just like, "Damn, like this shit crazy." These are you know, they got me like shit. Yeah, like my head over here, I can't move. Like I'm trapped. Like I can't breathe right here. And uh, so that was, it was, it was hard, you know. But um, but you're fine, huh, dude. So this is, so so this is gonna be your second amateur. Yeah, second amateur fight. How many amateurs <clears throat> do you think you want to have? Well, maybe I'll, I'll ask you, coach. How many amateurs do you want him to have before you? It's crazy you ask. Is I was about to tell you that he uh, had one am amateur fight, and then. Uh, we had Bellator call us, oh, no and they're like, we got a fight for him in Milwaukee. And then I always tell him he's like the Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Something always happens to Rowdy. Yeah. He had like a, like he had a nose issue, then he had a, he got in a car crash, uh, a couple other things, and um, we couldn't send him out. He was supposed to fight in Milwaukee for Bellator uh, in December. Uh, yeah, in December, yeah. this past December, during yeah. the pandemic. So. Uh, I don't know how many amateurs he'll have. Like I said, this guy has too many street fights to be fighting amateur too yeah. long. Yeah. So he'll probably, like, I'm going to try to keep him busy. As soon as I get that call, he's going pro. Nice. So he, he's 29 years old. I, I cannot, uh, I'm not going to have him wait, wait around getting punched in the head for free for too long. He's, he's already has thousands, <laughs> lots of fights. Yeah. Lots he's ready. Fights. He's ready. So yeah. Hey, Rowdy, who do you want to uh, thank for, for fucking getting you here, man? The man you are today, dude. How, how did it happen? Uh, first off, I just want to thank God for everything, you know what I mean? And then I uh, thank God. That's like an emotional question. Don't cry, don't cry. But like I said, man, I came broken to the to Team Salguera. I, I was down and out, you know, I was going through a divorce. I was, you know, just doing a lot in my life, wilding out too much. And, you know, I got two daughters. And at the time, I was just like, what the hell am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know, like, 
I couldn't even see myself living past the next week, you know, just mm-hmm. so tied up in the streets. And um, coach took me in, man. It was like uh, that that tough father figure I never had, you know what I mean? Because uh, sure, enough, first day, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to just do hit the bag or something. <laughs> <laughs> I had none of that. No mid-work, not, not, not many words spoken, just go fight. Second day, I'm thinking again, I'm going to hit the bag. Nope, go, go fight. And uh, I definitely want to thank Sergio for everything. Uh, t- thank the team for uh, being supportive and understanding and at times patient, you know what I mean? And uh, overall, too, my family, my, my family. Hell yeah, dog. Hey, we're stoked for you, Moan. You're, you're going to smash this dude out there. And then we'll, we'll check you out. We'll look for you on that Bellator card, dude, or wherever you go, man. It's, yeah, because you're a little bit older, dude. So, yeah, start, get, get that money now, man. And, uh, and while your body's still, you're, you're in your prime. You're in your prime, dude. So now's the time to make it happen, dude. Hell yeah, coach. Dude, that's, uh, that's dope because a lot of people won't give a street fighter a chance, man. Oh, no, no. This is, my, this is family. This guy's family to me. This guy's been around my family since he was a little kid. He, I met him through, through my nephews, actually. I, I, a lot of people think Rowdy is really family, to, like, related to me, because yeah. I always call him nephew. He calls me uncle. Like, I love this kid as if he's my own like, flesh and blood. Like, I, I have a special place in my heart for him. Like, I love this kid. I, I cannot wait to see this kid be successful. Cannot wait, because there's a lot of people who have wrote him out. Like, oh, this guy's just this, or oh, this guy's just that. This guy's just this. I love this kid. Like I said, at my gym, bro, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what religion you are, what political view you have. We don't give a shit about any of that. You come to our gym, you respect our rules, we respect you, you show us love, we show you love. It's, it's all love for us. When you're in that, between our four walls, it's, it's a safe haven for us. It, you be you, and, and, and that's it. So we don't, really, we don't really have like, oh, like we don't take this kind of people, we don't take those kind of people, we don't take that kind of people. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't get it. Like, I have black kids, I have kids that are black, I have kids that are white. Mm-hmm. I have kids that look Asian. People sometimes be like, that's your son's shit. Yeah. And so to, to me, I don't, I don't look, I'm colorblind. I don't give a shit what, what color you are. Um, I show love. If you show me love and if you show us respect, and this kid is all love. I, I, this kid is one of our captains. He's, I love this kid. Like, he's, he's family to me. And that's why I'm so hard on him. There, there, there's a, there's a, there's a, a part of our, our class called a train wreck. And I, I don't know if you ever heard of it, but a train wreck is when the pass hit back. Oh. <laughs> and kick back. Uh, he's, him and Mario are the only ones that in our gym that have gotten that. Yeah. For me, because like I'm, if they make me mad about something, like you know, like but it's not because it's because I love them and I don't want to see them fail, and I don't want to see this kid in the streets or getting shot up or having his daughters get killed or 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 get hit on accident because he's doing stupid shit, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm always on his ass, like about real life, not just fighting, but real life. And then when it comes to the gym, like if you if you fucked up, like he knows it, like I. If you get high or if you drink, like you drive your car every day, right? So you know what kind of power your car has. Yeah. You know what kind of horsepower your car has. When they come to the gym and I don't feel that horsepower, something went wrong. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, nah, something went wrong. So I love this kid, but I'm not gonna. I don't go easy on him. It's tough love, and it's always gonna be tough love because that's the only way that I got it. Like I said, I I am one way, and I'm like the team two two way, and that's the only way I know, and I'm always be like that. Yeah. And so I, I I love you, but I'm gonna be tough on you when I need to be tough on you. And there's a lot of times that I have to be tough on him because he's, he's a little bit older, but he still has those hiccups, those hiccups that are stupid. And I'm like, that makes no sense to me. So, yeah, you know, so, but, but I, this kid is, like I said, this kid is like my family. I, I have a very, very special place in my heart for him. And I cannot wait to see him be successful. I cannot wait. 
Rowdy, how do you how do you recover from those hard hard training sessions to make sure that you can perform? You know, the, uh, a day in day out. You know, how do you recover? Uh, like what from the train breaks and stuff like that? From fucking just all the practices. Like, do you get a lot of sleep? Like, is your nutrition oh, very no, important? No. Or because I tell you, two kids, it's kind of hard to sleep. And sleep sleep is like the number one for me, man. Yeah, no, I wish I could get some sleep, man. I'm a carpenter, so um, I have to be up by like four thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm leaving the gym close to eleven. Sometimes I'm uh, leaving the gym close to 11 o'clock at night, and uh, I get home and from, from Antioch to Richmond. That's like a 40-minute th- drive. Then I shower, and um, you know, by the time I'm going to bed, it's like close to 12 o'clock. Then my alarm goes up like three, four hours later. So it's like, uh, really, man, I feel like it's just the strength of God, bro, because like, sometimes I get no, little to no sleep. Yeah. But... Um, I eat, I, I eat pretty good, I think. I eat whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fuel the machine, you know? Rice and beans help. Who uh, who took care of that fade for you, man? You got to fade it up too nice and shit for us. Oh, my boy Tito, man, from uh, Get Faded. Get Faded, dude. Hell yeah. Dope. Everybody got a haircut about me, huh? Man, I didn't got one either. Home, That's why I got my, I keep my hat Nobody on. Nobody invited us for the haircut. My, beard, probably, all, huh? my beard all thick. Oh, where you're burning up with the beanie. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Rowdy, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Uh, uh, do you have any, any, any last statements, anything you want to shout out or what you got? Um, no, man, just excited to, excited to be here. I know uh, COVID is ending, so we're definitely going to be on the hit list and we're ready for it. Yeah, tune in, guys. Tune in for <laughs> Rowdy, bro. Tune in, guys, because he's going to be doing some big things, homie. So, guys, make sure you stay tuned. And then uh, when that litter comes, you know, you can try to put dibs on a puppy. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're going to be expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Coach Church, who, uh, who you got next for us, man? I got uh, Alex. Okay. Alex no. Aquavera, man. He, Alex Aquavera. He, yeah, Alex. Pulling double duty. I got, he's going to be fighting twice in one night. <laughs> oh, no. He's, he's, doing the, he's doing the double fight. So how, uh, explain to me a little bit about that, man. So, yeah, he, um, the, the promoter was like, hey, I got a guy that nobody wants to fight in Muay Thai, and I got a guy that, you know, like, but, he, so, but if he fights him in Muay Thai, I'll get him an MMA fight. But I was like, we can't fly out there for two different fights, bro. I was like... Can you make the guy fight him twice in one night? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, Alec will fight him in one night because this guy is in shape. <laughs> this guy will fight all night long. So uh, we were like, we'll fight him. Like, if you put him, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hybrid show. So mm-hmm. they'll have, MMA, like, they'll have a, MMA, a Muay Thai, MMA, Muay Thai, MMA. So he'll be the first Muay Thai uh, fight on the card, and then he'll be towards the bottom of the card in MMA. Dang, that's two whole fights. So, Alec, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I feel good. I'm ready to go. Like, I'm excited. Um, I'm waiting waiting to fight like that. So, I mean, I'm ready to go. That's all I got to say. You're a beast, dude. You're a beast. When I started uh, martial arts, there wasn't like, they didn't do PKBs and stuff. They did smokers. I didn't do any. I, my, first, my first experience was a MMA tournament, full knockouts. It was one three-minute round, though, with your opponent. Because you're doing full. You're about to do two f- full fights, huh? Two full fights, yeah. These are amateur sanctioned amateur full fights. <laughs> oh, man. No headgear, no shin guards, sir. I like, how'd you get started in martial arts, man? How'd you get started? Um, I mean, it all started with um, a wrestling, uh, wrestling high school. Okay. Boy, is that easier with us? Um, he got me into it um, my freshman year. He was like, hey, come on, like, um, come try out the team. I was like, all right, it's good. So I went first day, kept coming. And then after wrestling, I was like, I got to do something. Like, I don't want to just, like, do whatever. So I, like, started training, and now I'm here now. What, uh, what weight did you wrestle at? I wrestled at, at first, uh, freshman year, I was 26th and 32 at uh, 
sophomore, junior year, and then junior or senior year, 138. I love wrestling because it's weight class oriented. Because mm-hmm. I was a skinny dude myself. I wrestled, you know, and I got to go against guys my size. I played football too. Mm-hmm. So it was football and then wrestling. I was a tiny little football player getting <laughs> smacked up by everybody. I'm bigger now than I was. But I was in high school, I, was, I, I wrestled 103s my freshman year, high school. 112s yeah. my sophomore year. So I would get smacked up in football. And then I was just so happy to go against guys my same size. <laughs> but, but then also too, so some of them, were, they would be like seniors. When I was a fr- I wrestled varsity as a freshman and then uh, – you're wrestling a bunch of seniors, dude. These fools are like grown men, dude. Oh, yeah. Armpit hair. Like I didn't even think I had no armpit hair yet. <laughs> and these fools put their armpit hair in my face. I remember that was that was vicious. Alec, who do you what do you like better? You like Muay Thai or you like MMA? That's a hard question. I mean, I like I like Muay Thai, but I also do like jujitsu. So like um, MMA is like probably gonna be the thing. Um, I mean, I just like I like to fight and just like that physical, just like going at it. And, uh, what I love, so I'm just keep doing it, whatever. Well, you see, Israel Adesanya, he's had a lot, he's had a bunch of success in oh, MMA, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and that's he's a he's more of a pure striker, you know. So being able to have that striking and then and then transitioning in MMA, you don't necessarily need to grapple uh, very much if uh, if you can if you can stay on your feet, they need to bang with you, you know. Wow, for sure. How is your how is your jitsu where, where do you, where would you rate yourself on on your jitsu I mean, uh, I'm a white belt, so like um, I feel like I'm really good, confident with my uh, submissions, ready, good for. I transitions and all that stuff, but I mean, it's gonna strike, so I want it on a bang. Yeah, and, and and a wrestler that's a white belt, it's it's like that's like a blue belt, you know what I'm saying? Because when you're a wrestler, you automatically have like a lot more knowledge on the ground than uh, than a regular normal white belt in jujitsu. You know, coach, are you guys doing you guys doing jujitsu over there too? Yeah, we do jujitsu, but we don't have a belt system and stuff. We do like um, more no sports, no sports jujitsu, none yeah. of that stuff. We like like I said, I stick to my lineage. I, I, Tim Tsutsui, Gil Castillo was the, the, um, the coach there, and he, he's more of a wrestling-based guy, and he, he's a top-notch uh, jiu-jitsu guy. From, he used to be on the Cesar Gracie team, and he used to train like Jake Shields and Dave Terrell and those guys, and he was the one that trained me. So these guys are actually really, really good on the ground, like with no gi, but mm-hmm. they're just – we don't have a belt system. That's just something that we never did. I, I didn't grow up with that. I, didn't, like, yeah. I don't know it. I don't know anything about it, so I, I really don't like teaching stuff that I don't know about, like – Getting a belt, putting a gi on is something that I never did in my life or in my career, so I don't put it on my guys. But my son, like, he wrestles black belts, and he doesn't get tapped and yeah. he, with no gi. So, but I don't really know what he would do with a gi. You know, I, I don't really – I don't ever measure that because I don't – we never wore a gi before. So. Yeah, and who cares, you know, because uh, they're fucking they're not fighting the gi. You know, the gi uh, – uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you not trying to coach something that you're not familiar with. I, I, I know a couple things really well. And that's the knowledge that I try to pass along. Nah. If I don't fucking, I mean, excuse me, if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not going to tell you like I know what I'm doing because yeah. then that's how like people get beat up. Yeah. For sure. You know, so. We don't wear geese at all. Like, I, uh, we, a couple of people try like come to my, to my gym and like talk, talk me into it, but it's like, nah, man, that's just not my lineage. That's not where, that's not where I come from. I don't know anything about it. Like, I, what am I going to, like, like, let's say you're not here, right? And you're the jiu-jitsu coach or whatever, and you're teaching gi and, a little kid comes and asks me, hey, what do I do when somebody grabs me like here? You know, like in a street fight, like in the real world, who works around wearing a gi to fight, you know? Yeah. And I know by, both my boys, they wrestle black belts and, and they don't get tapped by black belts with gi or no gi. And, and, and my boys are, one of them is 14 and he, he, people have a tough time tapping that kid. So, yeah. but he's also wrestled a lot in his life too. But like it's just, uh, it's just, it's not that it's just not. It's a, it's not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and I'm not saying people that wear a gear are wrong or nothing like that. Or I'm not talking down on them. It's just that I don't know anything about it. I yeah. didn't grow up with any. I never seen a gear in my life. I seen it like once or twice. 
So I don't want to talk about something or like put like, hey, put this gi on and let's work on it. Like, what am I going to teach you with a gi? You know, I'm not going to teach you nothing, but I can teach you without a gi. Like, I can teach you how to do MMA jiu-jitsu. Of course. And I can teach you how to strike and kickbox and box, you know. Like, my, my MMA boxers are boxing professional MMA boxing teams come to my gym. Yeah. Like, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we host boxing tournament, uh, boxing matches, uh, sparring matches. Mm-hmm. And my, box, my, kick, my MMA boxers and kickboxers, bang, like, they do more than, than hold their own against these bo- this pure boxing gyms. So yeah. I feel like we're on a good path, and I just stick to what I know. I stick to my Perfect. strengths. Perfect, dude. And you guys are you're turning out high-level athletes, so you're in a good place. Alec, how would your parents feel when you wanted to wrestle, and then how did they feel when you wanted to transition into fighting? <laughs> uh, it's funny you ask. Um, I mean... Because <laughs> I already know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, wrestling, I mean, I was like a little kid, obviously, like skinny and whatever. And then, I mean, it was something to do, you know. Um, I grew up playing football, and... And obviously, wasn't that that big of a kid, so um, didn't really suit me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, wrestling. They're like, oh yeah, it was cool. Like, keep going, keep going. And then, uh, like after, uh, like after high school, like, I could start fighting. Came home with like a black guy, whatever. My mom was, like, mom was tripping. Like, they tell me like, no, you can't do this. I'm like, fuck that. So I just like kept going. <laughs> yeah. So she she's she's obviously like worried and like obviously I'm her son and then my dad like you like you know he's worried about like fighting because like, you know. All the craziness can happen, but mm-hmm. um, I'm ready for that craziness. Of course you are. What uh, what weight is this is this fight going to be at? I'm going to be at 130. 130. Okay. Do you know anything about your opponent? Nah. And he doesn't care. Don't matter. <laughs> yeah, it don't matter, dude. Because honestly, too, the motherfucker might change last second. And, and amateur, dude, these, dude, dude, I would show up and it would be like a whole different guy nah. that I was that I was then I was supposed to fight. And I would, of course, you just fight him, man. Nah. See what you show. And amateurs, Dan, uh, Daniel is like, why like do all this homework and all this preparation for a guy, and you and that guy might not be the one you fight. Uh, I tell my guys, you guys do your job, get ready for a fight, let's train hard. Whoever shows up in the cage, all they gotta do is make your weight. That's the only thing they're worried about. The guy weighs the same weight as you. We don't give a shit who it is or where oh. they come from. Just fight them. It's amateurs. We wanna get the very best guys in the cage that we can, mm-hmm. so that when you're a pro, you never overwhelm by the moment or that situation. Like a lot of coaches wanna like, and I see that in boxing and it's to me, it's like creepy. They do so much like, um, like cuddling for their fighters. Yeah. This is like, I don't get it. And then when they go into a real fight, these kids get knocked out. Like these kids paid some guy in Mexico to take a dive for him and he went to Mexico and got knocked out in Mexico because he was like four and zero already as a pro because mm-hmm. they were pr- protecting him so much you can't spy this guy or that guy's too big or this guy's too small but yeah you want to keep it close in weight and experience but like you don't want to get your guys hurt but it gets to a point where you got to let them ex- like swim out of deep waters like you can't just throw them in the shallow and have them walk every time because they don't really know adversity they don't know how to handle adversity so when they're in deep waters what are they going to do are they going to fall are they going to drown mm-hmm. they're going to give up you gotta test them, and and that's to me. I never, ever, ever like worry about what the other team's doing. Like, mm-hmm. I like if he was like a really top team, like if he was AKA or like the Smash guy, fighters or whatever. You you know there's gonna be a tough fight, right? So you wanna be ready for a tough fight, but you don't wanna like do so much background on because what if they change and now you're fighting a whole different guy? As long as your guy is ready and he did his part and uh, everything else takes care of itself. If the guy's a grappler, we shoot a grapple. If the guy's a striker, we shoot a strike. Like we, 
try to keep it even, you know? Like, I don't really, if it's a profile, yes, we're going to deep, deep, dive really deep into it. Like you say, like, those go on your record, those count. Mm-hmm. But amateur fights, just show up, make yeah. weight, that's it. We, so we went out there to Reno, and we, uh, we interviewed Zach Bennell, uh, the Ronin Reno. I got this shirt on, and uh, he, dude, he, so he had a pro fight that he was training for this guy forever, and uh, I was like, hey, have you checked out your opponent? And he was like, to be honest, man, like, I haven't really looked at him yet because he's pro. He was like, dude, all of my opponents change. And, uh, and then it was like three days later that his opponent changed, dude, and then he just had a whole new guy. And I was like, huh, weird, because I'll trip out on my opponents sometimes. I'll be watching them, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do this, and they do this. They're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And uh, I, I kind of, I'll be overthinking it, and uh, I never did that as an amateur. Yeah. But, 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 but in football, I watched a lot of film. You know, they, they really made us watch a lot of film. And so you could, you could get certain reads in football off, like, a, a lineman would do this, and you know this play's coming. But fighting's a lot different. It's, it's a yeah. lot more, like, rea- like, reactionary, you know, mm-hmm. so... I feel like it's kind of hard to, you know, it's, 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 it's not, not as much goes into it as, as, uh, as these other sports, I think, for the watching the film. But um, do you guys, do you guys have, uh, I know there's like, they, they say there's like gym, you know, people have gym wars, like in the gym. Like, do you guys, how do you guys train in the gym? Are they, are they going at it with one another or is it controlled? Or? Nah, not one another. Like, I try to keep these guys from beating each other up. Like, I, I definitely don't let my guys go live on each other. Um, sometimes we'll be like, okay, like, uh, this is gonna be live for Julian because like we're getting Julian ready right for something, but it's never like between them. It's like it's when other gyms come that that's when we go live, okay. and it's like a so and that happens to us twice a week. So they don't have to beat each other up yeah. because we have like the DF team comes from uh, Richmond and they'll travel to us. They'll come to us and they have about six seven fighters like top notch boxers come, and we go at it all night long, like literally all night long. And then we'll have like a. a Couple other coaches from the from the Pittsburgh area. Cordell comes and he brings a couple of his guys, or uh, just different gyms will come. Like even Napa Valley MMA will come. Uh, okay. Coach Javier will come, yeah. and he'll bring Sean Foster with them, and he'll bring a couple other guys with them, and just you know like we'll spar. But uh, normally I keep these guys from sparring each other, like it's because it's a brotherhood, you know that you don't. I don't know. It, it, again, like it's just different beliefs. Like I don't. We don't need to waste bullets on each other, you know? No, I agree, dude. And as, you know, you're the, in my mind, it's just an analogy, but you're, you're the zookeeper, and they're <laughs> a bunch of lions, Yeah. you know? And if you didn't, if you weren't a good zookeeper, all the lions would kill each other. They'd be hurt. You know <laughs> what I'm hurt, saying? Yeah. And so you got you to gotta be like, you, know, you want a zoo of lions. You can't have a zoo of, of, of like mice or penguins. You know, you want, you want the lions in the zoo. But, um, but it's very challenging to be the zookeeper with all these lions. So yeah. you, you know exactly what you're doing, and, and you, you, you put it together good for them. To it's love, that. too, Daniel. Like, these guys love each other, man. Like, i never seen a group of guys that love each other so much like these guys do. Like, yeah. I, it, it's, it's like, to me, like, it's almost unreal. Like, these guys are like brothers. And it comes from mostly from Julian and, and, and Rowdy. The kind of love they show. Like, these guys are really, really close. Like, when these guys have a setback, like, the entire team is like, like they're hurt. Like, everybody's hurting for each other. These guys really love each other. There's always that one fighter on your team, right? Like that's like, kind of like, look on the outside, right? On the mm-hmm. outside looking in. But I don't. We had one before, but nah, these guys are all really, really tight. Like they're family, and they don't. I never really seen these guys trying to hurt each other. Like yeah. only like on purpose trying to hurt each other. We don't have injuries at our gym. Like we never really have. And these guys train. Like I, so I invite I, you know I invited you before. Like mm-hmm. I said, come come by check it out. These guys train like like literally like animals. I have to. I have to come. They they train four hours nonstop. Yeah. Four or five hours nonstop, and they're, they're tough guys. But they, we do. We rarely have any injuries. They will get banged up here and there, like with all injuries from football, like knees mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But these guys don't ever really get injured. We have teams from other schools come. 
Yeah. And then we go live. And yeah, perfect. Perfect. Alec, what are your what are your goals with fighting? What do you what do you what do you plan on accomplishing when it's all said and done? Win and make money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you trying you you you're going pro, yeah? Eventually, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have a do you have an outline for, for, for what you want to do with him or how many amateurs or yeah, he we're gonna try to get him a free because he's young. He's only like I think he's about to be nineteen. Yeah, I'm nineteen, yeah. He's nineteen. Oh, so he's a young kid. He's so stoked. But uh, we're gonna get him we're trying to get him like at least 10, 10, 10 amateur fights, 10, 15 Perfect. amateur fights and then uh, get him in the pro because again this guy's got so much experience too though. Like uh, the, our gym, like you know, we have different coaches. Like I said, this guy named Mike who's a top 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 amateur and boxer comes in and spars. This guy 12, 14 rounds nonstop, and so this guy has a lot of experience. But at the end of the day, it's gonna be just that cage. You know, when the crowd is there, like just how he reacts to the crowd, the adrenaline dumps and that kind of stuff. Just kind of build them up mm-hmm. because he's so young. We have time. With Rowdy, we don't really have time like that. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And but Zay and Alex are 19, okay. and uh, who else have gonna be fighting for us as really young? Uh, Zay, Alex, Rowdy. And well, Mario's 24, but Mario's got like 40 fights already. So yeah, yeah, dope. Yeah, and that, and Alec, that wrestling dude, that wrestling. I mean, come on, man. Does it not prepare you for a, a fight? You got to go out there on the mat with the one dude. I think it's like the one sport that prepares you best for for fighting wrestling. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. For surely, like, I I trains your mind just because, like, like when you're going at it, like. Like obviously, you're wrestling clinch. You're trying to take each other down. It's not going, it's not going your way. You just have to fight through it, find a way. And I feel like that's, that's will help me a lot. Just like, like I don't know if I'm sparring, I get hit. Like oh shit, like I gotta keep going and just fight back. But it for sure it just trains your mind. Just like um, like more than more than anything else in life, I feel because like uh, I haven't really like done a lot of things. But you know, like as like uh, like going through it and just like like going from point A to point B, like. Um, there's nothing like it, you know. Um, that's all I got to say. Even, you know, yeah, even physiologically, dude. Like when um, I know you probably didn't think about this, but if you if you reflect on it later in life, you mm-hmm. will think about this. When you were wrestling these guys, and this dude and the dude fucking stunk, and his armpit was right <laughs> in your face, and you had to like you had to maneuver around this dude's armpit, you know what I'm saying? And try like to not trip on that, and oh, then yeah. and then and then put your half Nelson on or whatever, get your ankle or whatever you did. Um, those are things that when you start fighting, like those same thoughts, like coming, you'll be like, oh, this dude's nuts are out of my face, you know? And you'll, and you'll want to think about that, but you can't think about that. You got to just move, you got to maneuver through that, you know? And, um, and I feel like wrestling really did help me like be able to maneuver through just like physiologically how I like to respond when I'm like un- in uncomfortable positions, mm-hmm. you know? So you're in a good place. Are you on social media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, I'm AlecJK for you so if so so oh, you guys got these snapchats man if i if I, i'm not gonna get no weird pics if i if i start following you on snap and say, nah nah you're good <laughs> well, but if my girlfriend starts following you guys on snap then it's gonna be a whole nother issue you yeah, know maybe. so yeah we'll, we'll make sure to get those snapchat handles man any uh no no sponsors there for you or nah. you trying to get some it's good for sure. Yeah, me too. I'm trying to get some too, man. I, I, it's uh, they're hard to get. Even Zach Bunnell, he's trying to get some. And we're all trying to get some. Uh, we need to we need to be more vocal. This we guy's a world champion, man. This guy Zach Bunnell's got to get a sponsorship. Some that guy is people underrate him. That guy's a really really good striker. That guy's a really good fighter. He's an old school fighter too. He'll fucking fight anybody. And that's what I like about that guy. He's he's old school, man. I really appreciate that about him. He's an old school guy. He'll fight anybody. People got to give him more credit because he he does things on his own, you know. And that's a good thing, man. He doesn't rely on anybody else. You know, he doesn't like, but that guy is like doing his, he's a trailblazer. He's doing his own thing. 
and you got to respect that. He's a world champion doing his own thing. Like you can't, you can't, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't help but uh, respect something like that, you know? He's a savage. I, yeah. Dude, I, I wasn't very, I was not very good when I, uh, when I started training with him. And I'm better now because of him. And, and it's because of him. And uh, he taught me how to hold pads the right way. And uh, he taught me how to be a good training partner, like what it meant to like really service each other, you know, uh, 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 in, a, in a non, uh, 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 you know, you know what I meant, you yeah. know, but <laughs> in a non, in a non yeah, uh, in a good, you know, in a, in a gentleman uh, fashion, you know, but yeah. dude, I had to, I had to wrap, I had to wrap my forearms uh, with hand wraps uh, to hold pads for Zach. Uh, you know, because dude, we're, our bodies were broken down, but that's how we, we grew together. We, you know, I held for him uh, five days a week. He'd hold for me five days a week, and um, and it built me into the man I am today, man. And, and I wouldn't have even got I wouldn't even have got that one on one attention from a coach if but 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 no one liked Zach out there in Reno, so no one came to his class except me. It wasn't that they didn't like him; they just weren't willing to put in the work that he required. He has very high standards for his athletes. Because he's real. Athletes. He's a real coach, man. High standards for his athletes, and these athletes didn't want to grind. I wanted to grind, dude. And so I, I'm, an, I'm forever indebted to Zach just because, dude, he... Real, um, real like, if there's a lot of people that are in the MMA uh, fighting or whatever because they want to, like, just the glamour or, like, the girls or whatever. Like, Zach's real. He's no nonsense. There's no nonsense. He doesn't do it because he wants glamour. He, the guy does it because he's a fucking fighter. He wants to fight. He wants to be really good at what he does. Yeah. That, that guy is so underrated, man. Like, it's a shame to see. Like, it's not that people don't like him. It's just that people look, you know, because they don't want to put in that effort and the work because he's real. Like, it's real, real yeah. training. Like, it's real work. If you want to get better, like, if you're in the Reno area, you should go train with that guy. That guy's, I have a lot. Of, I admire that guy for a long time. That guy is a, because he's real about what he does and he does that shit on his own, you know? He, he's like always looking to make himself better. So, I have a lot of respect for that dude. Hell yeah, thank you, coach, man. I appreciate that, man, because I fucking love I love yeah, Zach. That was dude. Cool, dude. Hey, Alec, who uh who do you want to thank to that helped you get here, man? Shit, I mean, everybody. I mean, everyone's made me the person who I am today. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the people that have been given to me, given put into my life, a coach, um, my team, my family. Everyone pushed me to be a better person. So I just gotta thank everybody. Dude, thank you, dude. Thank mm. you for grinding, man, and, and, and following your passion. Uh, you have no idea how refreshing it is to see people follow their passion mm -hmm. instead of just conform to do some cookie cutter. Oh, I'm, my parents want me to do this. I'm going to do this. A lot of times, if your parents don't want you to fight, you have to kind of go against what you've known your whole life. Almost have to rebel in order to follow your dreams. And so, um, but I love that man, and I mm -hmm. and coach does too. You know, so we really appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you so much for thanks for sliding in, dude. I appreciate you, dude. Thanks for sliding in, uh, uh, coach. Who else? Uh, 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 we got one more, uh, yeah. one more athlete for us. Isaiah Chapman, man. That's that's the guy that runs our, our kids' class. Isaiah, we got, dude. We gotta show that guy some love. That guy has patience. What that's kind? Why of... we left him last because he has patience. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, Isaiah? What uh, what programs are you running over there at uh? At Team Salguera, uh, I run a boxing class. I'm like, I try to show them some kicks. Uh, should probably incorporate some wrestling with the kids a little bit more. But yeah, I just really do the kids in the intermediate class, get their hands right and everything. Did you uh, Did you train as a kid, or how did you get started in, in martial arts? Uh, when I was, my brother was a wrestler, so like uh, in fifth grade, I had my first tournament. You know, got thrown around, it was like suffocating and stuff. <laughs> but uh, Took a break after that, but then started uh, really getting after wrestling in like seventh grade, and then uh, started taking that up, and I liked it. Like I liked winning. And, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm very competitive, so. Mm -hmm. So yeah. What what weight were you wrestling at? Uh, my freshman year, 
Uh, I was 180 and then. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> sophomore year, I was uh, 170. But uh, my sophomore year, I was cutting like uh, 10, 12 pounds a week. Like, so then that like messed me up. So junior year, I went all the way up to 220. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I got all big and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've wrestled junior year 220s and senior year 220. Dope. Yeah. How was it going against those monsters, though, dude? Uh, I mean, it was cool because, like, my brother, like like I said, like, I just wrestled with him, like, my whole life. And then uh, he wrestled, like, 152s, and so he was fast. So, like, I was just naturally faster than everybody in that weight class. So, like, it just, like, kind of made things easier, like, made the whole thing, like, slow down for me because they, like, couldn't move as fast as me. Yeah. How was your, was your conditioning better than a lot of those bigger guys, like the bigger, bigger guys? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's so important, man. The conditioning's big, dude. Wrestling is a wrestling is a grind. How uh, how fast paced that wrestling matches are. MMA uh, when you go to the pro level, it's kind of hard to maintain that same pace that they do in like in a wrestling match. Uh, are you so you're you're fighting MMA now or yeah? What um how's that going? Uh, this is going good. Uh, like I have no fights yet. Uh, got one coming up. Okay, but it's definitely cool. Like it's it's, a, it's a definitely a good a uh, big adjustment for me, but. I'm making the adjustment, making changes, getting right. So you're 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 coaching the boxing. You obviously have a good grappling background. Do you, uh, what do you plan on doing in these fights? Like, do you have a strategy? Uh, I'm just gonna go in there and feel it out, you know. Just like, cause I I feel like I'm getting comfortable with my hands, you know. I feel like uh, I want to get good with my hands, and like I have the wrestling background, so it's gonna be hard to take me down. So if you can't take me down. It's, you gotta well, stand. I have up. to trade, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's dangerous, huh, Coach? For uh, for amateur, uh, uh, sl- just slinging them guns around like that. Now these guys, these guys have been, uh, believe it or not, these guys have been boxing like uh, like high level boxers though. So these guys are not just like flinging their hands and stuff. These guys are really, really good technique. This oh, guy yeah. fights with Brian, uh, Brian Rodriguez, and uh, and uh, and Brandon Rodriguez. They come from the DF gym, and they're like the professional high level boxers. High low. So this guy's been going with them pretty much like a month or two into his training. So his boxing is starting. The other day, like, and this is hella weird because Mario came from the wrestling background. And like seven, eight months into it, they're like, fuck grappling. <laughs> and I was like, and then he was like, I don't know, a few months ago, he was like, man, fuck grappling. My knees are all fucked up from that. It's like, I just want to stand up and fight now. And I was like, well, you, you got the stand up now. So his stand up is really, really good. His, his wrestling is good, but I would probably say that his striking is starting to, to he's like, he started to kind of like do this, to, to run away from his grappling. Yeah. His, his striking is, is, is different level. He, this guy hits like a truck. I believe it. What, what weight is, is your fight going to be at? Uh, this one coming up is going to be at 185. 185. Is it yeah. same day weigh-in or day before? Uh, day before. Do you, how much weight did you plan on cutting? Uh, maybe like 15, 10. Damn. How much you weigh right now? Me right now, my 195. It's good to get that practice. You're wrestling, so you know how to cut. I, uh, I wrestled too, dude, but for whatever reason, I didn't cut weight well, man, because uh, my back would get all tight. My, back, my low back would get all Kidneys tight. Kidneys and stuff? Yeah, my, my, my calves would cramp up crazy and shit. So yeah. I usually I can't cut that much weight, but... Uh, but but I have a big frame, you know. Uh, uh, you have a pretty big frame too, though, man. You'll be good, dude. Uh, do you know anything about your opponent? Uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not really. I, I know he's six one, but that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I cut that mo- right in the chin. Yeah. Bro, you know, good. Uh, so so when I was an amateur, dude, I, and, and uh, you live and learn. You live and learn. I started. I had no jujitsu, none, 
And uh, I wrestled though, so I thought I was a beast, you know. Yeah. And then um, my camo debut was against a guy named Sasha Montgomery. He's still out here. He's a black belt now, but at the time he was a purple belt, and I was a white belt. And uh, I didn't care. He was like six and zero oh in camo, and it was my camo debut. You know, I didn't care. And uh, he choked me out in the second round, dude. He just wrestled the he just wrestled the shit out of me and choked me out in the second round. You know. I started taking jujitsu way more seriously after that. You learn a lot. You learn a lot from those losses, coach. You know, you, you, you learn more. You put yourself in the fire. Sometimes you're successful. Sometimes you're not. But, but you get to learn and grow, you know. So I started taking my jujitsu way more seriously. I actually took a, a break from fighting. I, got, I ended up getting my blue belt and uh, then my purple belt before I even went back to fighting. So when I went back to fighting... I was just submitting all these amateurs. I was just submitting all of them, you know? And I kind of liked it because it saved my brain, I think, just long enough to, uh, to, to finally go pro and, and really start racking my brain hard, getting knocked out hard, you know? But, uh, but, but, but I, I, like, I, like, I like that these amateurs are trying to uh, uh, put lights out. But, 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 but I feel like it, it can potentially make the career not as long. Is it, what do you think, coach? They're good defensive boxers, though. Like these guys, like that's the thing is like uh, people have different philosophies, like about uh, uh, like how to make a career long, right? Mm -hmm. If you teach them how to like be real good defensive boxers and not get hit like on the button, uh, you can make their career longer if they're really good strikers. If you're a really like sloppy striker and somebody catches you, we talked about it offset, right? Like mm -hmm. somebody catches you on the button because you didn't know what you were doing, you put your chin up and you lean forward and the guy catches you in the jaw or in the chin, you might never recover from that punch. But a guy like this, he knows he's never gonna put his chin up and he knows he's always gonna roll and he's not gonna take that shot, like flesh on. So uh, it's just different philosophies. Like uh, like I told you, like at Team Tsutsui, we used to spot with no headgear for years and years and years until you know his gym got really big. Then he was like, oh, well, we gotta make money, so we gotta cut that out. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like my brain uh, didn't take that much damage because we got to like really be like, oop, I don't like that, so let me make sure I don't get hit with that no more. Yeah. And so you go out and get answers. But when a guy is just a strictly grappler and they come as a striker and they're real, real stiff and they're, their head placement is kind of weird. Like you, even in professionals, you see it now. Like there are some guys in the UFC that are not really that good strikers, and they get knocked out cold, yeah. and they never really recover from that because they never really put the effort into like boxing. But these guys box every day. Like I'm telling you, they spar twice a week. Yeah. So like by the time they go pro, like their defense is gonna be. They're not gonna touch them with a four ounce glove. I mean, you might hit them, but you're not gonna really like get a good hit on them where you're gonna put them out cold and ruin their career. So it's just a different mentality. Like the more you do something, the better you get at it. In my opinion, um, uh, if in because the four ounce gloves is what makes a career short. Yeah. But if they're not getting flesh hit, like if they're not getting hit flush with those four ounce gloves, they're gonna be fine. Because um, they spar, like I said, they spar twice a week live. These, these are not our, these are not our brothers. These are not our relatives. We go live. Like I don't yeah. know you, you don't know me. I'm trying to put your lights out. Or you're trying to put my lights out, and that's really how we spar these other teams. Mm -hmm. And they, like I say, they give and take. Like they, we don't really, you know, isn't it? Isn't, I feel good about what the way they're boxing. So, and, and honestly, I feel good hearing you say that. And and, and 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 some of the athletes they don't realize how important it is to have 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 a coach that knows your capabilities, because a coach that knows your capabilities can guide you down a path of success. If he if he if he knows that you're not defensively well, he's not going to put you in the fire, you know. And so that's why you guys are, you you're just you're you're destined for success, you know. What are your goals long term with uh, with martial arts? Um, you know, same thing, like, I just want to go make it big, you know, like, yeah. make some money, like, be able to take care of myself and everything, take some names, hopefully get a strap around my waist. 
Hell yeah. What um what do you want to transition to after fighting? Have you thought that far ahead? Um because you're already you're already coaching the kids. TV? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like TV, right? No? Yeah. Have your own TV show? I'm trying to coach. I'm trying to come. I want to. I want to have a gym like you, coach. To be honest, man, like long term, you'd be I wanna... a great coach, man. You being like the guys who fought, like even like like you say, like sacking those guys. Those are the best people you want to learn from, and those are the guys that are not the popular coaches, right? I'm not the popular coach in my town. I don't think because like my team is real. Like they, these guys really fight. They really spar. Like is this is real shit? You're not. There's nothing fake about this. They're really, and then the days that they're off from sparring, they're training four hours nonstop, conditioning and, 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 and hard work, right? So I'm not the popular coach in my town, I don't think. Uh, like Zach is in, you know, in your town. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. But if you're a fighter and you know what you got to, you know what it's going to take you know for those guys to, to get good, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of coaches that just go, hey, sign up, pay, do whatever you want, you know? And, and those are the coaches that you know, are more popular than we would. But I think you'd be a great coach because of your experience as a fighter. And you, if you know, like, uh, if you know how to swim in deep waters, you can swim somebody out of it, out of the deep waters, right? Like, if you've been there before. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of guys. And I'm not knocking the coaches who never fought, but there's a lot of co- coaches in boxing who never fought. And I don't understand, like, how you're going to get your guys out of deep waters. They, these guys are good. There's some really, really good coaches that never fought. But, you know, the, the, the guys who did fight have that advantage, I believe. The fact that they know um, what it takes and the situational, like, what your fighter's going through at that moment, you know? You know? Because right. this guy just got rocked, so what are you, how are you going to walk him out of this, you know? Yeah. So. Hey, you guys are in such a good place with your coach, man. It's so dope. Are you on, are you on social media right now? Or yeah, I am. What, uh, how, do we, how, do we, how do we follow you? Uh, I got an Instagram. It's um, king underscore zay32. Okay. Yeah. Dope, dope. Are you, what are you, you got a bunch of weird, weird shit on there? Is it? Uh, no, nah, I barely post, you know. <laughs> you go on my Instagram, you see a couple birthday pictures now here and there, but I'm, I'm really quite humble, dude. I really don't post too much. No, nah, I mean, it's cool. You, uh, uh, I, I had my social media. I was on there. I posted whatever I wanted, and then, um, I, as I got older, I started getting jobs, and then I actually had a job that were like, hey, dude, you got to, you gotta erase most of these things off your social media, and I was like, all, all I was like, all of this? Yes. I was like, all of this? And then, uh, so, but now, but now, like, my, my social media is a little bit more public. Are you private or public? Uh, I think I'm private right now. Yeah. No, nah, man, make it public because uh, yeah, yeah. you fighting. Yeah, because I mean, you fighting now, so people are gonna want to slide in, and then they're gonna see, and they're yeah, they're just gonna want to follow you, man. They're gonna want to follow your career. Uh, uh, who who would you thank uh, uh, for helping you, you know, get to this position, man? You're in a good, you're in a good uh, spot. I mean, there's a ton of people I could go on and on. Do but it. Like no, first no. off, um, <laughs> gotta thank my mom for sure because mm-hmm. you know she did everything for me, just like raising me right to be like a good man that I am today. But like I got my morals, but at the end of the day, like she she raised me right. Mm-hmm. And but my dad, uh, yeah, I gotta thank him. My brother especially, cause he, he brought me into the wrestling. He brought me into like the whole like combat aspect of everything. So like that helped out a lot. And having him around all the time, training me with everything. But yeah, like my uncle too. Like he's like he was a big part of my life. Like when I had uh, stuff going on with my dad and everything. Like you know he took over. He helped us out. Made everything dope. Yeah. So yeah. So all my whole family, basically my teammates, Coach Serge, like, you know, he, they motivate me, keep me, like, uh, confident in everything. So, yeah. Uh, you're in a good place, man. How, Coach, how cool is it to have a, one of your athletes uh, that can come and actually co- coach the kids? Coaching the kids is very challenging. <laughs> it, it, I usually uh, – It's not easy. Yeah, no, nah, you're right. <laughs> it's a blessing to have him around. He has, he has the patience that, like, like I don't have, like, kind of – like. And it's not, I'm, I'm really busy. Like I told you earlier, I work 12 hours a day. So when I get to the gym, I'm already like, 
I'm like very compressed. Like I'm about to like decompress, but I usually decompress with them because they're, you know, they can handle more. I really don't want to like coach a kid at that time, you know, like, so him and my, uh, my, one of my sons will uh, do the kids class and I'll just show up and I'll just give hugs or whatever. And, yeah. you know, Hey coach, how you doing? I just say hi, but try to, you know, let the kids, they, they want the kids. It's a blessing to have them. He, he's, a, he's, he's a wonderful human being. Like I always tell him like, you're, you're a blessing to have around you. You're a beautiful person. Nah. And he's very, very gifted, man. He, he, this kid is so talented. Like I, I, I gotta tell him a lot of the times. Like, you gotta have more faith in what you do because you're so talented. You're so gifted. Like, mm -hmm. he fought at the PKP. He fought a guy that was like six foot four and two hundred and twenty-five pounds. The guy had like twelve fights, and he was his first fight. So, uh, he did really, really good. And um, but he's competitive. He was like, I wanted to win. And I was like, yeah, but. That guy had 12 fights. This guy had he's 12 amateur fights. You know, like this yeah. guy was. Like, yeah, there, there's real amateurs doing PKBs right yeah, now. Like real, like experienced amateur experience, fighters yeah, doing PKBs. Like it's their first little thing. Yeah, and they're they're sliding in there because they're 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 bored. They don't got nothing to yeah. do, so they're like, let me just go do a PKP and and whatever. And they matched them up with like a six foot four guy that had 10, like from Jaguar, right? And he had like 12 fights. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't look them up at that moment, but they were like. Uh, that Jaguar team, he that fighter was finding another one of our, our kids. So I would look for the kids. I definitely want to look up the kids, you know, mm. what team they're from at least, you know. So and I saw this guy. I was like, this guy is 12 and 3. I mean, 12 and 3 as an amateur. This guy has hella fights. And yeah. I was like, what's he doing fighting in Zay? Zay has got zero, zero fights, you know. So I talked to the, uh, the Hodges. I was like, hey, Ryan, what happened, man? This, this guy's like, this guy's almost the same experience as Mario. And he's like, yeah, man, just nobody wants to fight him. And he's about your size, you know. And I was like, yeah. And Zay's 5'9", I was like, yeah, man, but like, you know, we could, you know, we could, like, that's why I was talking to you also too about matchmaking, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes matchmaking can get a little, little sideways because of that, but he, he, he did, I felt he won the fight. Yeah. You know, after we broke it down, I was like, I think you won that fight, bro. To be honest with you, you had the guy going backwards the whole time. He landed a couple things, you know, but he landed the, 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 the hands, like the meaningful, like the meaningful yeah. combinations, you know? So. I was a little bit too, I was a little outspoken on my thoughts on PKBs and me and, me and Ryan butted heads a little bit. So I'm just going to lay off. I'm just going to lay off my thoughts on them because, but, 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 but it goes down the lines of, I want, I want matches that are fair. That's all. Ryan's a beautiful person, man. I like, like him. He, he tries to like, he's like, he wants everybody to be happy. He's like so accommodating and all that. But like, it's like, he had like a thousand fighters there too. So I give, I got to give him like credit for even like having the patience because it's him and his brother and his wife and he's sister-in-law, so he's like, they're trying to put it together, like hold it together. And there was like, on my team, there were parents that were really, really frustrated because like, we brought our, our girl, Monica, who had been training for like six months for a fight and they had a bracket for her and they had like six fighters in that bracket and then none of the fighters showed up. No way. And then they had to put her with a little girl and they're like, can you please not hurt her? Because like, yeah, and yeah. Monica's and like, they, I trained six months for this. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I gotta, I'm gonna throw some hands, like find yeah. me some. And then they find her a grown, a fully grown woman. And he's like, come on, man. Like, let's just, <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah. She's, she's, she's only 11. Like, let's not get carried away. Yeah. So he, he's a beautiful person. He tries to accommodate everybody. Like, I, I, to be honest with you, I love, I love the Hatches. They're, they're good kids, but the PKPs can get, can get hectic. And I see where, you, you know, like something like that can slip through the crack, so. Yeah, and, and, and after the event was all said and done, uh, uh, you know, hats off to them, because, you know, it's hard to put that on an event like that. And, and I'm crazy. happy that people are, because we need an outlet to compete. So as much as I might've said, hated or whatever I said, um, I took it back and uh, I, I, I appreciate them doing those events, because we need that outlet to compete, you know? Yeah. Uh, Isaiah, what you don't realize, man, is you get out what you put in and all this time and effort that you put into the kids, it actually your stock just rises and rises you become a better fighter you become a better coach you become a better human being more people want to support you 
Uh, it's just you get out what you put in, man. So so you're just like in such the perfect place, dude. Gotcha. Doing what you're doing. How, how you. are the kids? Uh, do, do they do they appreciate what you do for them? Uh, the kids? Uh, yeah. Every now and then, you ain't a coach. You ain't their favorite coach. Like I, I put them, I discipline them a lot for sure. Like because I feel like that's very important. Like if you're gonna yeah, like yeah. do get into this combat stuff, you got to be very disciplined. And like that's why I'm trying to enforce on them discipline, and they don't like that from me. But who's their favorite coach? Man, they like uh, their favorite coach. It got to be Alex. Alex, 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 we love you. Thank they're you. Like, oh, my <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, Alex. Like, but I walk in there like, hey, hey, hey. Like, it's all good. Like, <laughs> they know push. They know push ups are coming. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a bell of some monsters, man. Like uh, we got. Like, we if I, there were some videos I wish I can share with you. Like if we had time, we have some monsters, kids. Six-year-olds, yeah, six monster kids like uh, that they have like uh, who, uh, Gio, uh, Gio, uh, Aaron, Jordy, Joaquin. Sir, yeah, we have some, some scrappers. We have sure. some scrappers in there, man. These guys get down. They they fight like like little dragons, man. <laughs> Isaiah's a monster. I see his traps popping out from over here. <laughs> Look at that. You see them traps yeah, from over here, dude? Trying to flex a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know? Trying to look good for the TV. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what shirt? What shirt is that? What would you wear today? Oh, it's my our team style Gary shirt. Okay. Yes, sir. We got it on the bag too, right here. Oh hell yeah! Okay, yeah. That's you right there, coach. You guys selling those at the gym? Yeah, we got them at the gym. Yeah, but the, this guy's you should. Those, that's their walkout shirt. Those are the. Those oh, are is the it? Okay, that's yeah, their that walk, pretty dope. Man, yeah, that's their walkout shirts that they wear. Most of the um, only the fighters gonna have that. The ones that we sell for the um, just for the community, are, they look a little different. They don't okay, have, yeah, that makes sense. They don't that have some sense. other stuff on it. So, how about that chain, man? Where'd you get that chain at? Oh, uh, my girl got it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not really sure where she got it from, but she got it from No, me. perfect, dude. It. Yeah, yeah. Much love to all the girlfriends out there, too. My girlfriend be taking care of me. I really appreciate her. It's a, dude, it takes an army. Yeah. It takes a, it takes a support system. It takes a coach. It takes a team. It, uh, it's not easy, man. It really isn't. Coach, what uh, you have any 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 closing statements for uh, you brought four of your guys? I really appreciate you, dude. Any uh, any closing statements? Nah, just just like what we talked about. It was like uh, I I just gotta I guess I gotta get out a little more because I don't I haven't been watching fights too much or but there's too much cross training going on in the Bay Area right now. I I kind of got a problem with that. You know, I I got a problem with it because too many people bouncing around like you know. Couple of my really good buddies with the Bella fighters from like babies that lost their fighters to these bigger gyms or stuff like that because of the cross training that's going on. So like, if fighters are out there, like, if you are willing to leave your coach who trained you since you were 12 years old, since you were eight years old, whatever like that, and once you make it big and you start making serious money and you leave your coach, like, that pretty much raised you. Then there's a problem, and a lot of it comes from the from the cross training from from the gyms, like or you know like from bouncing around and like. The bigger teams wanted to take a finished product and take credit for a finished product that they didn't put any work into. Yeah. So I have a problem with that. Like, I, and I don't, I don't really care. Like I said, I don't even watch UFC. I don't really watch boxing or nothing like that. I have 32, 36 fighters on my team. Yeah. So if one goes missing, sometimes I don't even know where they went. Yeah, but, know. but um, that I'm, you know, I'm getting these guys ready. But there's too much bouncing around. There's too many like key fighters from the Bay Area who are like cornering for five different gyms and. To me, that makes no sense. Like, there's no privacy. That that's like almost like a relationship. Like, when you're in a relationship with a woman, you know, like you don't want to go talk up to six different people about that. Yeah. To me, it's like, when you're at a team, like it's a very private relationship, and it should stay that way. And it shouldn't be like where I'm gonna go here this to tomorrow and the, here the next day and here the next day and here the next day. I have a really big problem with that, um, and I think it's happening a lot in the Bay Area. To me, it's foreign. Like, I I grew up team to two, and that was it. Like. <laughs> That was it. There was 
you couldn't even wear like anything else. Like uh, back in those days, it was Team Quest, and they were kind of like everybody was like rocking those shirts and stuff like that, and uh, the tap out team or whatever like that. And we couldn't even do stuff like that. And it, and it wasn't like something that our coach was like talking about. It was just like we already knew that that was yeah what it is. It was the culture that was instilled. You knew what it was. A, it's a culture. So like to me, that's the, that's not, that's my closing statement. Is like there's a lot of coach, coaches out here. Like my boy Dan Black, he works really really hard. Like that's he's a hardworking man. He gives it everything he has for his fighters. You know, so I I, I you know I feel for coaches like that or Coach Gio and Giovanni Encarnacion. He gives it all he got for his fighters. You know, and these guys are basically. Um, funding these gyms out of their own pockets, you know? And, yeah. and they're struggling to, like, just make, make their rent and, and keep their lights on for their gyms. And, you know, I, I feel for those guys that have to deal with stuff like that. Like I said, for me, like, I have a full-time job. I have a, a business and stuff like that. And, and my wife, we, we have other avenues, you know? But for, it's for those other coaches that that's their life, that they put their life and souls into coaching, and they love these kids, and they develop these fighters. And then for those fighters to just get up and go, to me, that's, I have an issue with that. I have a problem with like people just let me go here, let me go there, let me go everywhere because like I'm my own brand and I got to protect my brand. Like mm-hmm. what happened to the guy that was there when you, ha- you were no brand, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, I got a problem with that. Just the whole bouncing around shit is not, it's not with me. That's not, that's not for me. Like, you know, we, we, we invite people in for sparring, like that we trust people that I know are not going to be on the same weight class as my guys or people that are not going to be co- picking up the phone and sharing information about my guys or my fighters or my boxers because, you know, I, you know, as a coach, you learn. Like, there's a lot of backstabbing going on, you know, mm-hmm. in, right now. And in, yeah. in the boxing, in, in the whole fighting community, not just boxing, because boxing is known for backstabbing. But, but MMA and, and kickboxing wasn't. And kind of like, it's kind of like starting to, to become like, it's kind of, it's become a mess, like, there's no privacy no more. There's that. There's not that love and that loyalty that you were talking about. That culture and loyalty. I don't really see it as much yeah. when there's like four people, like a really really talented fighter, just going to corner five different teams on the same night. It's like to me that's that's a different language. I, I don't know what the hell that is. That makes no sense to me, and I don't know why you would prostitute yourself like that. And let it be known, coach, because a lot of people agree with you. And so I mean, some people, some of these new schools, they're, they're not really on board with that, but. Uh, the proof's in the pudding. Like they, they, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be successful, coach. Yeah, they won't be around for 10 years, 15, 20 years. You know, gonna, yeah. teams like that. Uh, that, that. Like I said, it's foreign. Like it's just foreign to me. Like it's just something that was new, and I, I kind of like just kind of started seeing it. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, I, let me ask other people who are like, let me ask the younger generation. Maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe I just, I'm just getting too old. And I'm becoming old school or whatever, but and I'm getting fucking old too, though. So don't don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't ask me because I'll like, be right there agreeing with you. Yeah, I have no idea what that is, man. I don't I don't understand it. Like I don't understand any of that. Like I I cross train. I'm my own brand. Fuck that. Like what about the guy that got you to become your own brand? You know? Yeah. Fuck out no. of here with that shit. Hundred percent. I loved I love Team Black. Uh, uh, he he brings me. He lets me. He lets me train with some of his guys and. Uh, they 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 beat me up. Charles uh, Charles beat me up. Charles come over there beat me up. Matt, uh, Baker beat me up. Um, yeah. But 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 Dan will even he'll wrap my hands for me. Yeah. I suck wrapping my hands. Yeah, and Charles. he'll be like yeah he'll be like boom he'll wrap my hand make sure my hand nice and padded and make sure my hand perfect to make sure to. Get- Dan's a beautiful guy, man. Yeah. He's, a, he's a really good he's really good soul. Charles Baker, all those guys, they're really good. Baker has a picture with my little boys. He took a picture with my sons, with both, both my little sons. That, 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 that picture's hanging on our wall at my gym. Charles had, has a uh, picture of my gym. I, I remember Charles' first day at, at Team Satsui. When Charles first came, it was his first day there. I was there when he first showed up. And so I seen Charles kind of grow in this business too. So 
um, it's, it's good to see them do as well as they're doing at Glory and, and kind of stuff. I'm very proud of those two guys. No, me too, dude. I'm very proud of those guys. They, they come a long way. Hey, Isaiah, any closing statements? You're, you're holding it down for all four of you guys, so any closing statements? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're... Yeah, I mean, just feel free to check us out uh, next month, May 8th. Uh, got me, uh, Alec, and Rowdy. We're going to go to work. Put yeah. some work in in Florida. So, dude, so good. dude, so dope, man. Dope you're getting fights through COVID. Dope that your coach is taking care of you. He's instilled some some beautiful values in you guys and technique. I, I'm excited to come in there and work with you. I'm going to maybe take a rest day before I even show up, though, just so, <laughs> <laughs> just so I'm ready, man. I don't want to die in there, dude, you know? So uh, thank you so much, coach. I appreciate you. Thank you for having us, Daniel. Thank you really coming, appreciate man. it, man. You're the yeah, man, bro. You, man. You're oh, really good. good. Yeah, dude, thank you. Guys. I got to show Jim this podcast now. I'll be like, hey, look, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel holding it down, man. Hey, we put it together, but Jim, we would like to have you back. Nah, too, I love bro. to. Slide in, man. Yeah, that guy's hella funny. He's one of the best commentators ever, dude. That, that guy's hilarious. Best chat talker in the planet. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, Suncoast Awning for all of your shade needs. We have a shop in Santa Cruz, a shop in Martinez. Uh, uh, get shaded, you guys. We can, we can do sun. We can do all elements shade as well, okay? We'll keep, keep you guys protected. Uh, check us out online, Suncoast Awning, uh, or, or pop in the shop, uh, Santa Cruz and Martinez, man. Uh, from everyone here at the Bay Area Combat Podcast, we got Tom Bass Davis, my bad Tom, on the ones and twos, radiokeysmusic.com. Check them out. They got albums dropping. We got Carl Compton in the studio. He's going to be holding us down on some twos and ones, maybe some threes. We got Summer. Deborah Farolito, owner, Bay Area Combat, Suncoast Awning. From everyone here, guys, thank you so much, man. And uh, we're over and out, baby. Thank you, guys. Hey, hell yeah, man. Go. That shit was good. Yeah, guys.